Henry Field, welcome to the Wolf Den. Rich, good to be here. Um, so let's start with Saturday. Did you go to Eagle Farm on Saturday? Yes, I was at Eagle Farm on Saturday. Okay, so it would have been very exciting for you. You would have had a number of um, interests in the races there. But the, the one I want to talk about is think about it. The real up-and-coming superstar of Australian racing, sort of come from nowhere. And I thought that we could talk about it and a couple other other horses to just unpack the Newgate story and a bit about your career. Sure. So, so the, we'll talk about think, think about it in a second. The other horse that I thought would be good to talk about is Artorias because you're heading off to Ascot very Absolutely. soon with Artorias. Yep. And the last one, which is really interesting on many different levels, is, is Extreme Choice. Yep. But let's first talk about Think About It. So I read that Think About It was bred and raised on your property at Newgate. Is that right? Correct. He was bred by the Colavos family, Greg and Donna Colavos, who of the Piero fame. They yep. raised Piero. And uh, when we obviously – when he when Piero was put to market, we we bid aggressively to try and buy him, and Coolmore were too strong as they often are with those horses once they've won their Group Ones. Uh, he's turned out to be a terrific stallion, mm. but Greg Colavos, to his credit, said, you know, this is when we were just starting Newgate. Essentially, he said, Henry, good on you for having such a big go. Um, I'll send my mares to you when they retire from racing to board. Mm-hmm. And true to his word, he sent he sent lovely group of mares to Newgate to board. In our early days, and we really needed mares on the farm, and and he's bred some great horses, Shadow Hero, and a bunch of good horses. In fact, his stats as a breeder are phenomenal. But think about it: was a horse he bred, and we sold mm. him on his behalf, but raised him and he was born and raised on Newgate, and we sold him as a yearling to Jamie Walter and from proven um, thoroughbreds, proven thoroughbreds, mm. and, and 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 sold cheap too, like seventy grand, seventy thousand by which, the century, <laughs> by the century, and it, it, we sold him in the Melbourne yearling sales. His horse, we, we did like him as a, as a weanling and a foal on the farm, but he was a, a lanky, immature type of horse. Yeah. And it just took a bit of vision to, to see what he might develop into. And Jamie, to his credit, who's a terrific judge, and Joe Pride, the pair of them, they, they looked at him on numerous times at the sale. And he was actually passed in. And then when he was passed in, they came back and offered us $70,000 for him. And they Isn't that amazing that a horse that good can get passed in? It just shows, yeah. 100%. And I think that's the beauty of the game we're in is that you know, there's, there's, there is, there is no certainty. There's no crystal ball. Yeah. If there was, if there was, you know, we wouldn't be in business. Sheikh Mohammed would own, would own the game, and yeah. and, uh, and it's uh, so important because the owners of think about it just knock about racing people, very humble people, and they've got an absolute superstar. Well, I've met a lot of them. I've met a number of them in the last few weeks since we signed him up for our Everest slot, and they're yeah. uh, they're ripping people. They're really good people, and that, they was they were, they were there in force. On Saturday to watch him win the Stradbroke and and uh, yeah, just it's what racing's all about. I mean, it gives people. I mean, people like like Jamie and there are a number of really good syndicators in this country. It gives people the opportunity to go in buy a share on a quality horse mm. managed by a quality manager with a quality trainer. It makes the sport accessible to 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 to, 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 to good normal people and and you know that really doesn't happen anywhere else in the world. Not in America. Not in England. Uh, not in, not in most Asian countries. Uh, so we've got that in Australia, and we mm. need to. You know that model is so important for the for the future growth of our sport. And those people that went into to uh, think about it, uh, you know, many of them will will invest further and have such a good experience in other horses, and they might buy bigger shares of horses or full horses or or get involved in breeding or whatever else. So yeah, it's it's a wonderful story. Yeah, super important. And he was really impressive in the Stradbroke. So I presume he's going to the paddock now. Going to the paddock, so Joe Pride. So interestingly, we we, we, we took over an Everest slot with the Inghams, uh, Greg and Barb Ingham. They they approached us a few months ago and said, would would we essentially take over their Everest slot and they'd be a, uh, a partner in the slot with us on the basis that you know Greg felt that given we're sort of on the ground and we and we've got a good team in place that helps us identify horses, we might have an edge. Um, to, to help try and get the right horse for the slot. So we, we took that opportunity out with, with two hands and we're very grateful for them to give us that opportunity. So how many years do you have the slot for? Well, we've got it. It's, it's our slot now. It's, our, right. it's Newgate's slot. And and, for, for it, and you have first rights to it correct, forever. Correct. Get, like, right. as, as the slots work. And, and you regret – so Peter Volandis tried to get you to buy in originally. Peter Volandis, I was literally the first person in his office because I, I do a lot of work in America. Yeah. And it was modelled up the Pegasus slot and Peter Volandis actually got me in and, and – and interrogated me about how the the American race worked, and and uh, it was so interesting because it was probably the time I got to see how his mind worked, yeah. and the detail to which he 
wanted to, to learn everything about similar type races that had, that had happened mainly the Pegasus in America. Just the, the hunger he had and the intensity he had to, to get it right mm. um, was, was amazing. Now, the American race didn't quite work uh, to, 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 to like we might have expected it would have worked and on the back of that we didn't, we didn't actually take a slot in the initial Everest um, when it was came on offer. And why was that? You just well, well, we just financially, looked, it was just a bit of a stretch at the well, time. Well, there was two sides of it. One is it was early days for Newgate, and uh, you know we're far better capitalised now than we were then. So it was a fair bit of capital to be tied up into one slot, one race. But secondly, we'd seen the American race not necessarily work as well as we thought it might, and and probably to our peril, underestimated the fact that Peter Valandis would work out how to make it work, yeah. which he has, yeah. and. You know, he, he did a couple of very smart things like he made he made slot holders sign up for a number of years so the race had depth and it had longevity in the, in the first instance. Um, he, 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 he did it in a pool of horses that are our best horses, our best in class horses. I mean, our strange sprinters are the best in the world and they're racing regularly. So mm. whereas, whereas people used to watch, you know, the Melbourne Cup, a race that I love so much, and know all the horses. Uh, then, with, with the change of with internationalisation of that race and, and different form lines, what the Everest created is a situation that people knew they were household names. These mm. horses, when Chatak was running and when Nature Strip was running and Red Zell was running, they're, they're household names. So he really got it right. And and I, I, I knew within a year of not signing up to, the, to it initially <laughs> that I'd made a big mistake. <laughs> I tell I told him that all the time. And then when the Inghams came to us to do a joint venture, we we jumped at it and. And really grateful that that yeah it's worked out so far where where we managed to to put an offer in to, to Jamie Walter to, and the owners of Think yes. About It to get him and so you've gone early like there's a long time to go to, to choose your Everest slot what is it about Think About It that made you go hard early uh, a couple of things one is he's he's an we know the horse well because he was a horse we raised in the farm he's a very immature horse great confidence he's going to keep improving and improving as he gets older secondly he's Virtually unbeaten. He's won nine mm. from ten. And when we did this deal, it was eight from nine. Mm. So, like, anytime you can go and buy a horse where they they keep winning, mm. you don't know how long the piece of string is. Uh, thirdly, uh, is the Joe Pride factor. He's mm. a very astute trainer. You know, no one deserves to win a big race like the Everest more than him. Yeah, he's he's, he's a he's a money trainer. He's very good. Yeah. Uh, and 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 most importantly for us was that he'd been raised at Newgate, and we want to. We want to a big part of taking the slot is we want to reward those that have rewarded us. So if we can, if we can put a horse that we've raised and sold on our slot, a horse that is sired by one of a Newgate staying on our slot, or is co-racing one of our racing partnerships on our slot, that's our preference because we want to we want to support those that have supported us. So putting a horse like him on our slot made a lot of sense. Um, we also have a huge advantage in the help of Daniel O'Sullivan, who we have on retainer. Who's helped us for a long time, and mm. and and you know he was very bullish. He, his view was that his view was pre pre the Stradbroke that if we couldn't get a good deal done on Giga Kick or I wish I win, he was the third most likely horse to start, try and take a position on. Um, the other thing I'd say is a very very smart operator, one of the best traders of stock in America. This guy called John Secura runs Hillendale Farm, very very good operator. He's always been a big believer in you, you have to do a deal on a horse, a race before the big win. Yeah, the big win. Yeah, otherwise that was Saturday. you'll never get the deal done. That so was you had a big. It was a big bet by you before the straight boat, really. Absolutely. We we just calculated the fact that he was he was favourite in the race. Uh, Daniel had him rated very highly to win the Stradbroke, mm. uh, and if if we had have waited till after the Stradbroke, I think it would be a much more competitive space against other slot holders mm. to get in. Um, so. Yeah, you know, we've also done a very good and uh, kind deal, I think, to the owners of, of Think About It. So I think everyone's a winner in, in, in the deal structure and, and yeah, really pleased to, to have, had him, have, have him signed up. And so I want to talk more about Dano and, and punting, the punting mm. that you do, which is you know, buying into, into horses. But just quickly finishing off, think about it. So I think I read that he's only going to have one start into the Everest. Yeah, I mean, short break, and then and then Joe's going to give him one start. It's his plan. Mm. Uh, more than likely, the Premier Stakes, mm -hmm. uh, and then what's just, that? That's like eleven hundred meters. That's twelve hundred weight 1200. for age two weeks out. That's the yeah. most likely. I think race he's going to run him in, and then and then and then that'll have him. So you blow the cobwebs out, yeah. and then have him 
ready yeah, to peak, go. Peak for Everest day. So and so, Sam Clipperton will stay on him. You'd uh, imagine. Obviously, totally up to to, yeah. to, to, to to Joe and the ownership yeah. group. But he's riding very well, Sam Clipperton. Yeah. He's really on really fire. smart guy. Speaks so well. Very yeah. good guy, and 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 you know, and he's really informed. So so um, obviously had a great grounding with Ron Quinton and his time in Hong Kong. But I've obviously known Sam closely through the Snowden stable, and he's a charming fella and to see him riding so well uh, you know he's, he's, he's there's no one riding better so yeah of course it's uh lovely to have the association with him as well and you obviously once the Everest is over you won't have any sort of ownership in think about it anymore do you have any idea what some of the other targets for him in the spring have you heard anything I think uh, listen uh, again I'm not talking out of school because jo- Joe's got it all in his head but I think from what I've, I've, I've read and heard that uh, he's going to have a light enough spring and, and get prepared for for a big autumn. But uh, I'm sure with a, with a, with a race of the Everest nature, which is 15 million and and and, and probably only getting stronger, mm. uh, he'll be he'll be peaking on uh, the 15th of October. And the good thing about think about it is it's, it's a gelding, so it can't you guys can't get hold of him. Yep. And he you know he looks like the kind of, kind of horse would be fantastic to take, take to Ascot and all kinds of places around the world. Um, and let's let's start to talk about Ascot. So you're heading to Ascot, like when you're leaving in the next couple of days, yeah? Yeah, yeah. leaving leaving on, on the weekend, head over there, and uh, just Artorius, our horse, he he's he just just arrived, and he's in great order, really good order. Sam Friedman, uh, he, he's travelled over with him, and, and he, he's a regular um, travelling headman. So when you say travel, he's actually on the same plane as Artorius. Well, David Croft, he's the the, the travelling man for Sam, travelled on the plane. Yep. And Sam travelled commercial. Yeah. He, uh, he, got, he got the hors d'oeuvres <laughs> and the champagne. Yeah. But uh, but they they're just speaking so glowingly of how he's arrived. Um, to put it into perspective, uh, I think last year he lost like ten or twelve kilograms on the flight, which is very normal. You know, they sort of hydration and they're standing for a long period of time. This year he lost four kilos. Um, there's some pictures they put up on social media and we put up on social media of the horse where he's just glowing. Mm. Uh, so we you know, feel very he's, – he's currently like a $4 favourite in the mm. Platinum Jubilee. His form has been excellent going into it. He was electric in the Canterbury Stakes and probably a little bit unlucky not to have not to have uh, got you know got closer, even won the, the, the George Ryder with Animo the other day, uh, his, his final run before he left in March. But he's in great order. Uh, and it'd be very significant for us if that horse could win mm. at Royal Ascot. He's a horse that he's got an electric turn of foot and, and had a number of approaches from European stud farms that if he could win in the race at Ascot, the Platinum Jubilee, that, that in more than likely he would shuttle, be a shuttle stallion so we could create revenue sources from him both in the Australian springtime and the Northern Hemisphere springtime. So because you've set the fee for him for this season in, in Australia. Yes. But the reason... You're going to Ascot is if he can win that race or another race. So does he have to win in Europe to stand in Europe? Yeah, I think I think they do. I think it's like for horses these days, they've got to really go and perform. It's a huge advantage anyway if they can go and perform <clears throat> on the soil that they, they may stand at stud. For example, he'd be a lot more commercially attractive. He would be uh, a big figure in racing and bloodstock if he went and blew them away in the Platinum Jubilee, yeah. which makes him so much more commercial to the breeders. A little bit like a horse we bought into, <clears throat> of course, State of Rest that won the Cox Plate um, the year before last. He, The fact that he came out from Ireland to win a Cox Plate in Australia, mm. he's standing at Newgate this season. Uh, that it's a huge thing, I think, not, not only from a commerciality point of view of, of people having familiarisation yeah. with the horse, Breeders and also the syndicators and trainers and people who sort of buy their yearlings and weanlings in, in years to come. But also, I think the fact that they can be proven and succeed in our conditions or us or ours in their conditions, I think I think it offers a huge amount of value to their likelihood to become good sires in those conditions going yeah. forward. So, yeah, if he could, if he could, the other thing, Rich, is if. He goes over there and he wins the Platinum Jubilee. He'll get a good book of mares. Mm. He'll get a good quality book of mares. Whereas if he doesn't win it and we stood him over there, he'd probably get not, not good enough quality to do it the hard way and makes it very difficult. And J-Max riding? J-Max riding, I'm very happy about that because, you know, James did a lot of work on the horse um, in this autumn carnival, getting him really tuned up to jump, 
um, to, to he, he put so many hours into the horse when he was in Sydney prior to his autumn campaign, and just the way the ball fell, um, he was he was held to ride Zaki in the Canterbury Stakes, and then that was a, a late withdrawal, so he ended up getting on Imperatrice, yeah. who started favourite. So we ended up getting Zach Purton out from Hong Kong, who's you know, another outstanding world class rider, and there's a brilliant rivalry between the two of them. Yeah, well, so a lot of people said that that race sorted out who was the best jockey in the world. So. Well, I don't know about that, but <laughs> I, I'll tell you one thing: anytime you get either James McDonald or Zach Purton on your horse, yeah. you've got a fair advantage yeah. um, over your competitors. But it was great. I mean, being in the in the the, the mounting yard and with the riders and with mm. the horses and seeing the rivalry between the two, yeah. and after. After James thought he'd look like he'd won the race and Zach yeah. flew over the top and beat him yeah. and came back in and Jack, Zach made a few cheeky comments to James like a, <laughs> something along the lines of I, I wish you – I bet you wish I wasn't back in town or something along yeah, those lines. Right, that's so it was great. But, I mean, like anything, two great sportsmen, uh, you know, that they can, it, can, it can only be a, a positive for each other to have um, competition yeah. drive them and, and, you know, you've got two of the greatest. Put Ryan Moore in the mix, you know, you, you've got probably – they're probably the three best jockeys in the world. So uh, we're just lucky to have access to, to them. And, you know, obviously James based here and and uh, Zach, you know, with access to him from Hong Kong and Ryan, happy to – Ryan Moore obviously has come over and ridden for Coolmore a number of times, won a golden slipper. So we're just – we're very, very lucky to have access to those guys. Was he hard to get to J-Mac to ride a tourist? Um J-Mac's always hard to get. Yeah. But he was very bullish to ride this particular horse. You know, he's – He's in a position where he's he's such a dominant rider that that um, you know he 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 uh, you know he, he can take his time and 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 make you know pick what makes most sense to him, mm. but he he was really bullish to ride the horse and he's going over to Ascot and uh, you know what's amazing with James McDonald, uh, I've spent a lot of time in England a lot of time with the trainers over there, the perception is that he he goes over to Ascot and outrides. The local riders like it's very very hard. Mm. Like last year at Ascot, he shot the lights out. He, mm. Like I think he was like one of the, he was one of the leading riders at the carnival with riding a small number of long shots. And does he just go for a week? Like is it hit and run visit? He gets there a day or two before. And I, then... I, I think he I think he travel. He's already he's already travelled over to really get his head headspace uh-huh. there and focus and learn the get form. Get over the and, jet lag and stuff. Yeah, yeah, and I think what he does, I think what he does, which which you know most professional sportsmen should do, but he but he goes over there with absolute focus and absolute intent. He's not going for a holiday. Like he's mm. going to win yeah. and, and – and, and, Was it uh, the top of his game? I mean this is abs- – yeah. Absolutely. He wants to be the best jockey in the world and this is this is the stage you've got to continually prove that and, and show that you have that um, ability. So Absolutely. And when you look at the the trainers that are putting him on over there, yeah. like Joseph O'Brien, I think Stout's putting him on. There's a young guy in England called George Bowie who's dynamite. You watch, mm-hmm. this, you watch, watch this space. Mm. Uh, he's using him a lot, uh, Charlie Hill. So – the smarties are all using him over there. It's rare. It's rare for an Australian jockey to get so many amazing rides at the Ascot Carnival. Is that right? I, yeah, I think it is. But he shot the lights out last year, yeah. and, and Major I think Strip helped. But Major Strip did help. But he was winning races on like, yeah. uh, like forty to one shots and handicaps, and like just making things happen. Yeah. And uh, I think he rode three or four winners last carnival, which is, uh, yeah, it's un- nearly unless you unless you've got the backing of Coolmore get off, and it's it's very difficult to do that. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, so he goes over, he rides him, he knows the horse well. His horse needs an aggressive rider, a strong rider mm-hmm. and a rider that knows his idiosyncrasies and, you know, James is that guy. So, you know, but, you know we're very, very pleased to have him going over there and, and feel that it'll be his last run and before he goes to stud. And, mm. and so he won't ride in the July Cup or anything no, like that? No, I don't think he will. I think he gets, could go back into quarantine so he can get ready for stud services yep. to get so back to Australia. One time. shot. One, one shot. One at the stumps. One shot, hit and run. <laughs> hope he doesn't get held up. But Will uh, you be nervous? Um, yeah, I'm, I think we're always nervous. We've got a, you know a big team of our owners, the China Horse Club, and 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 uh, Sir Owen Glenn, and all the, the key owners in the horse um, going over there. Gavin Murphy, Matthew Samblom, you know our main ownership group, Kenlo, uh, heading to to Royal Ascot to watch him run, and and we all get nervous because we're you know, we're putting you know, we're putting significant you know, the, the financial difference between um, winning and losing these races is significant, mm. and and. And this is what we. Do. This is why we do it. We, mm. we 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 spend all this time trying to get the best horses running in the best races, and we're lucky enough again with State of Rest to win the Prince of Wales last year at Royal Ascot, and and it was one of the greatest highlights of our of all of our you know um, 
careers in ownership or in the racing industry to, to go to Europe and, 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 and beat the best over there. And mm. Artorias was so unlucky to run 30, got held up at a vital stage last year. But with clear running, I think he'll take a lot of beating in the Platinum Jubilee. And, and certainly if his condition and his health, any indication to go by and how he's travelled, he, he should give it a mighty shake. Yeah. And... Have you, did you meet the Queen last year? Like so Prince Charles, yeah, met Prince, Prince, Charles. Prince Charles, King yeah, Charles, King Charles. That was the <laughs> Prince of Wales. Yep. So um, yeah, Charlie was uh, Charlie's a great fella. He was yeah. uh, he was loving it. So and 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 good to see that their interest in you know the, the you know, good to see their interest in Camilla was there and in the sport and 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 it meant a lot to you know it meant a lot to to a lot of these guys to have met Prince Charles and yeah. and you know it's a great achievement to have a horse that can win a race to get them into that. In that podium, I suppose, and and we're hoping that uh, come well, that's got this year mm. that, that we can have a have a, re- a reunion with the great man and, and see him again if we can be fortunate enough to win the the platinum jubilee with Artorias. So, and do you so? I'd say there'll be a different feel to Ascot this year because it's the first year the Queen won't be there. Correct. Um, and have you? Do you know if King Charles will be there for the platinum jubilee? Oh well, I you know I don't know the answer to that. I. I you can't text him. I, I, I could WhatsApp him, but uh, no, no. Um, you don't really have his number, do you? No, no, no. But but um, the I'm not sure. But they, they, you know what? They they had a great they had a great uh, spice and a great flair to, to racing in Europe and, and racing full stop. And uh, you know we're, we're very lucky to have had the royal family's commitment to racing. And I don't think it'll change. I think I think you know as part of. Certainly, I th- certainly with 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 Charles, I think he, he'll be. He understands the responsibility of of what that meant to the Queen and what it mm. mean what the sport means to England. And I and I've got no doubt that he'll he'll turn up. I would assume most every day at Ascot, and and whether the people are gambling on what tie he wears or what hat he wears, like what they did with the Queen, I, I'm not sure. But it was certainly always a, a great betting market. Uh, what colour hat what she colour, was wearing, yeah. or what colour outfit she was wearing going yeah. into the. Ascot every every day. Will you be at Ascot every day? It's five day carnival, <coughs> correct? Five day carnival. No, we're gonna. Yeah. I'm gonna go on the Tuesday. We're going yeah. on the Tuesday. We've got a horse we bred um, in partnership with the China Horse Club called um, called Cannonball Running, and the Peter Snowden and Paul yep. Snowden train, and James Harron's team own. And, and is that the same race as Cool and Gutter? Yes, yeah, same race as Cool yep. and Gutter, which will be a good race. It'll be a good race. The thousand. That's the thousand meter race. Yeah. The King Stand, which Nature Trip won last year. But so we'll go and support. Support the homebred horse on, and then, and then probably get round. Go to Newmarket, do a few things, and then go back for Saturday for the Platinum Jubilee to, to the grand crescendo of the week, the 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 the, the big final day, and mm. what is probably the you know the number one sprint race in in uh, turf sprint race in the Northern Hemisphere, the Platinum Jubilee, and looking forward to to being a part of it. And what's your setup on the day? Like, are you guys in the Royal Enclosure? Have you got like a a suite for all the ownership group within Artorias? Yeah, we've got. Uh, We've got nearly all the team coming over. Great, mm-hmm. a great team of owners, mm-hmm. both uh, both the ones that came in when we invested in the horse, uh, and and also the ones that went in with the Freedmans initially. Greg Perry, um, his breeder, who, 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 who's one of the most bright guys, a very successful fund manager who, who's, who bred him and uh, very calculated breeder of horses. So you have his family and we'll have all of our partners in the horse and, yeah, we'll just have a great day. We'll be amongst it and, we'll yeah, it'll be good. So hopefully mm. we can get his luck and he run if he can run to his mark and have even luck, he'll take a lot of beating. I've been to Ascot twice in 2012. Couldn't have gone on better days. The first day I went was the first day, the Tuesday. Frankel won by 10 oh and a half goodness, lengths. What a, what a yeah, horse. Yeah, I was like standing there yeah. on the finish line going, wow, this is insane. Amazing. And then obviously I went on the Saturday for Black Caviar. So that what, was what, a week to, what a week to go to Ascot. Yeah, no, it was incredible. It was, it was Two phenomenal horses. And Frankel, I mean, he, what he's achieving now as a sire yeah. is just he's shooting the lights out. I mean, he, he may go down mm. not only as the greatest race horse we've ever seen, but it's the mm. greatest sire we've ever seen. Incredible? He's just phenomenal. He's airborne and, and uh, you know, it's wonderful to see when a horse can be such a good race horse and then convert that in the breeding barn. Yeah. And is your trip to Ascot more business or pleasure or both? Well, no, it's uh, it's business because we're over there. To, you know, we've got we've got a team of our partners and we've got horse running. But but like it's like our life, isn't it, right? Yeah. We, we, we love what we do and mm. – you know, I don't. I genuinely feel, uh, you know, we we put long hours in, and we 
thinking and ticking things over every minute of the day. But I genuinely don't feel I've done a day's work uh, in yeah. a long time because yeah. it's just a, such an addiction or a yeah. passion. Yeah. Addiction is probably the right word, but yeah. uh, but but a passion for what we've got, you know, and and for our business. And but will you be deal making? Will you be like having meetings with other you know people in the yeah. livestock industry and planning? stuff so yeah we'll go over there and we'll look at a number of horses and mm-hmm. we've got a few, th- a few does your family go with you, you? yep yeah yep. my, my, yep. my, my wife and my, my daughters will go over and and we've got a few things in the pipeline which we're working on over there at the moment so we'll, we'll see how they come off but uh but but yeah no the the we'll go over there that, yeah and, and it's it's one of the great weeks racing as mm. well and, and just being a part of it's very special so um we'll yeah we'll get amongst it and see see what we can we can we can bring home awesome so Let's talk a bit about Artorias and how you came to be in an ownership situation with him. And this is a punting show and you're a big punter, not in the true sense of like you back horses when they're racing, but you'd like to get into horses early on in their career. You're trying to get ahead of the game so that you don't have to compete for horses like Piero and stuff, which you admit yourself you can't compete with. Yep. The, you know, the, the, the horses that are you know, obviously dominate racing and all the big studs want, you say that it's too late for you to compete. So you're trying to get in before that can happen. Yes. I think that's that's been the – I think if you said to me what has been the success, the number one driver for our success at Newgate, I would say it's it's been taking positions on horses either as yearlings, buying mm. them as yearlings in our, in our cult partnership, which has been – incredibly successful for a long number of years or buying into horses after one or two starts, usually after one or two starts when they're on the upward spiral. So, you know, go back to Piero, you know, we we bid a huge amount of money on that horse and... and, and To try and get him... To try and buy him to stay Are you willing to say what you went to? I can't, but it was was tens of millions of dollars and we had money raised from all over the planet. We had Japanese money, American money, European money, a lot of Australian money in the syndicate to buy that horse. And 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 just couldn't couldn't get a look in, and then yeah. the same with Vancouver, same structure. You know, we couldn't we couldn't get him bought. Um, so th- this made you change your approach, did it? We said, well, the only way we're going to be a dominant stud farm is to be able to buy the the you know, the elite stallion prospects, and 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 it's very difficult. I'm not saying we're not going to be able to do that in the future, but certainly mm. in the past, uh, you know, the startup business. Um, you know, obviously we've got we've got a very two very very intelligent partners that work with me. One being Gavin Murphy, who runs SF Bloodstock. One being Matthew Samblom. So they're very successful people, but highly intelligent. So mm. we sort of work on these deals together, and we bounce them off each other, and then we use our team of people, be it Daniel O'Sullivan, our vets, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, tr- trying to get make the right decisions. But we just worked out that we weren't going to be able to compete on the elite stadium prospects uh, at that stage in the market, where uh, they were trading at multiples that we just couldn't make. Yeah, we couldn't make sense of essentially, and so we said, right, the only way we can compete is to go in there and buy, either buy horses uh, at a at a low figure, essentially mm. to their compared to their staying value, and 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 you know we'll get some right, some wrong. As long as yeah. you get more right than wrong, we'll, mm. we'll do well. So we put two structures in place. One is a our um, colt syndicate, which we race in partnership with China Horse Club, and, and a really powerful team of breeders and partners mm. and there's probably 10 really strong strong and 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 really bright operators in their own mind that support us and back us and work uh, in conjunction with us on that syndicate and year in year out we've averaged probably two stallions a year or at least one and a half to two stallions a year out of that syndicate so for example russian revolution who's the champion first and second season sire he was in the first year of the syndicate and mm. uh, we've, we've had a host of horses since um, obviously, with our two-year-old crop this year, for example, a horse like Militarize, yeah. who will end up being a staying at Newgate, and King's Gambit, and a bunch of other colts that will hopefully end up being stands at Newgate. Uh, so it's like venture capital. Yeah. Just like we go in there, we buy say 20, 25 colts. Um, but this is as yearlings, or no? as yearlings, as yearlings. So yeah. this, this is the yearling group, right? Yes, yes. So, so it's a bit like or drilling for oil or venture capital, whichever way you yeah. want to look at it. So we say, right, if we buy twenty-five colts, if we yeah. can get. One stain out of those twenty-five, um, we will be doing very well. Yeah. So, for example, so in rough figures, like you might spend yep, ten million, on. ten twelve million, say for example. Yeah. And then you're thinking, get a, if we get, get a, one right, get a militarized out of the mix, we're we're killing it. Then everything else, you've at least doubled or tripled your money. Yeah. 
exactly. In, not in what it would cost you. Like if someone wanted to buy militarized now, it's probably going to be it's, twenty it's, to thirty it's, million. It's a big number. It's a yeah. big number. So yeah. so, and we probably couldn't buy that horse mm-hmm. right now if it's on the free market, given the, given given the competition. So, for that, it's those little horses like him and a horse like Shinzo, they're very valuable horses, right? So so the way we've done it is we've gone in there and we've we've bought them as yearlings. And if we can, you know, whether it's a Russian revolution in the first year or militarised this year or a number of the horses in between, um, that gives us a, a way that we can get into those elite prospects, yeah. elite prospects at an early stage and gives us a way we can create, we think we can create value for our shareholders and for ourselves in how we invest our capital. And then the other way we've done it is we've gone in and we've bought, we've gone and we've bought horses specifically after one or two starts and mm. um, we've worked closely with, Daniel O'Sullivan, who's a, been a huge help to us with this, and we we structure those deals in a way where we pay them, a, we pay the owners of those horses. A so can we think? Can I just stop you? And can you think about a particular one for the betterment of this show that's gone really well, where you got in early? Well, I'll give you two examples off the top of my head. Stay inside, who won a Golden Slipper on Extreme yep. Choice, who's mm. Extreme Choice is statistically the best saying in Australia right now. So mm. they're horses that that were bought off two starts, that had yep. two starts, and. Uh, I think neither of them were stakes winners at the point we bought in, yeah. but they'd rated very well. Yeah. They uh, were horses with pedigrees that we liked. That yeah. We knew them. We knew we knew them. Uh, their genetics, and we we had confidence in their trainers. Uh, all the things that we look for, and we bought them at a low base, but with yeah. a big key, so big bonus payment. If you they go in early one. and you're buying what ten to twenty percent, oh, you? we'll buy as much as the horse as we can. Right. So, you, so you, if, you, we, if, we, if we like the deal, we try and get as much as we can. Yeah. But so if we don't like the deal. We 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 we, we, like we, we look at it like and say we, we like the deal. We'll, we'll go as hard as we can. If we don't, we, we won't. Wear so for extreme choice, for example, I, I think I read that. Yeah, we only that only sold us in the initial stage a very small percentage. Ten percent. Ten percent maybe. And was I'd that you, was I'd, that after its blue diamond? No, or before. Before. before okay. I think I'd say it was twenty percent. Yeah, it was twenty percent. It was before the blue diamond. I'd say a funny story, and it's a very interesting story. So Daniel had the horse rated off the map. Yeah. Um, we liked not a single doubt as, as a potential sire of size, um, and it wasn't a lot of money for the twenty percent. So, in the broader schemes mm. of the, yeah, the deals we kind of do, so I made a big error of judgment. I bought the horse. I put the raised the syndicate with. Um, China Horse Club and Matthew and Gavin and the whole team and bought into the horse sight unseen, sight unseen. So so given it was a, it was a very small amount of capital for each mm. of us, we said, right, the yearling sales, plenty going on, just buy into the horse. Yeah. First time I ever saw Extreme Choice was was two hours before he won the Blue Diamond and he was the smallest horse <laughs> I've ever seen race at Caulfield. He was like, I reckon he would have been 14-3 at the time, right? Yeah. And I thought to myself, I will never ever again buy a horse sight unseen. Yeah. What a huge mistake I've wow. made. I'd be happy to see the horse get beaten and, and, and blow up that small amount of capital we invested initially yeah. because uh, this horse is so small yeah. that uh, it's going to be – if he wins and we have to pay – and the bonus payment was enormous. Wow. Uh, this is going to be a bad result for us, right? Yeah. So thankfully the horse won like a, like a star. Like yeah. I, think it was, I think it was the highest rating blue diamond in 20 years or something. And, and, and he went on to be a top horse and beach tacker and the Moyer, et cetera. But from when he went to stud, I always said I'll never, ever buy a horse without seeing it yeah. in the flesh of my, my own eyes first. Yeah. The irony to that story is that he's the best day in an Australia bar, yeah. none statistically, right? So so he's he's running like 16% stakes winners to runners. He's side like Golden Slipper winners, Oaks winners, like from small numbers. Uh, Coolmore Classic winners and you name it, Champagne. He's, the stains are free. He's the best stain in Australia. Mm. Had I have looked at him that day, we wouldn't know him. Wow. So, so, so then I think to myself, well, hang on, maybe it, I should stop looking at him. Like, it's a bit like a think about it thing, isn't it? Like no one wanted him. Yeah, and he's a superstar. Correct. And you, if you had actually seen um, Extreme, Extreme Choice, choice. We, 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 we nearly certainly wouldn't have hit the button. So now I think to myself, hang on. Maybe when we're doing these deals, we should never look at the horses, you know. <laughs> so, so these are the things that you learn and you keep mulling through your brain time and time again. And certainly with with Extreme Choice, we're, we're so fortunate to have him uh, as part of, excuse me, as part as part of our, our stay in roster because he, he's he's the most statistically phenomenal sire in the Southern Hemisphere. The only stay in on the planet that rivals him statistically is is Frankel. Wow, and. You know, he's a, such an important part of the growth in Newgate. 
So he's a complex horse though, isn't he? So <coughs> when you first <coughs> stood him, his fee was 22,000 bucks. He started at 35,000. It was 35,000, was it? Okay. And this year you've said his fee at 275,000. Seems a huge increase, but there's a bit of backstory around that, isn't there? Well, well, yeah. I mean, the reason that, the reason that his fee was gone up so much is because he's so such a good stay and he's, yeah. he's uh, uh, but he also has fertility issues. Yeah. So when he went to stud, so, and so this small horse that I was regretful of buying went to stud and his first five mares didn't go in fault. So I thought, oh, geez, we're in trouble here. Yeah. And then, then he had a very low percentage of mares in fall in his first year. To which, to which we, um, we, we, we ended up in, we, all of us in the stadium business insure for infertility because we're paying such big sums of money for these horses. If they've yeah. got fertility issues, we, we put an insurance Rough. policy in place so yeah. that uh, there's some, either a full claim or some claim uh, to, 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 um, to hedge us against getting a low number of mares in fault in order to pay back the, what we paid for them. Yeah. So with him, uh, his fertility was pretty ordinary, especially yeah. in his first year. And so we ended up getting quite a big insurance claim and, and part of the settlement was we kept the horse, thankfully. So again, yeah. we've been lucky again. And So you uh, can't reinsure him in seasons after, I No, we, we, we can, but you only insure fertility in the first year. Uh-huh. So, and, and then and – then, and then, and then you, then there is also a policy in years going forward that if they go to, the fertility goes to nothing, then you can, you know, th- these are all, yeah. you can buy any insurance you want, right? Yeah, sure. Um, it's just all, it's all, it all comes at a cost. Price, exactly. Is it, I imagine, is this fertility insurance pretty expensive? It's pretty expensive. It's probably yeah. the, the most expensive insurance, the first season infertility insurance. Yeah. Um, but it's, you know, we, 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 and I'd say even though with a claim like him, I'm sure the insurance company would be ahead given the number yeah. of claim, uh, number of policies we've bought over the years. But, um, it was interesting. So I, I, I literally, as good a racehorse as he was and as much as I liked his pedigree, I, I really didn't hold high hopes for him. But we had a great old horseman called Peter Keating who was a great old stallion man from New Zealand and Australia and he was working for us at the time. And he said, Henry, if Northern Dancer can be a brilliant stallion with 40 foals on the ground every year, yeah. so can extreme choice if he's good enough. Yeah. So don't give up hope. And, yeah. and he kept us, you know, Peter kept us all enthused to keep the numbers to the stallion and keep him commercial and and then his first crop came out and he just yeah from the from the first day i think the first day he had a horse like tiger malay winning i think they're the first two-year-old race of the season uh, he went on to you know side the slipper winner in the same year and uh, you know etc so you know he's a phenomenal sire and um yeah you know, obviously we only get a certain number of foals on the ground 30 or 40 a year but mm. But they're thirty or forty. You know, the, the the flip side of that is the supply and demand factor. There's such yeah. a, you know, such a such a lack of uh, supply in the market that they're it, the combination of that and them being such a, a elite uh, horses. You know, that creates a very valuable commodity, which is his progeny. Is he completely full already for this season? Uh, pretty much, mainly shareholder usage. We take a few outside mares, very high level outside mares. If someone rings up with a with a, a really offer. really yeah. top mare, you know, we yeah. we we. we, we create space but but we really only want to breed you know, uh, really good mares to them and and um and if we those mares bring up we, we make them work but that, that's really all we want at this point for that stay in and so his son who won the golden slipper stay inside yes. let's talk more about the art of the deal and how yep. you came to get involved so richard friedman would have been yeah richard richard friedman michael yeah, friedman one of the great characters of racing yeah 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 they're yeah. They're, they're, they're really good people and and the ownership group actually are fantastic in that horse. We very, feel very fortunate to have actually become partners with them all because there's yeah. some ripping guys in that syndicate. Um, but that horse, he won. So he won his first start and rated pretty well. Rated pretty well with Daniel, like rated a good rating. Mm. And sort of got on the radar and then he shot the lights out at his second start in the Piero plate, like just smoked them. Stay inside, just being nudged along now by McDonald and shows a great turn of foot there, the Colt, and stay inside, quickly put pay to the leaders, nothing really coming out of the pack, and stay inside, extends the lead here onto Thelric Vianello, Giannis finishing late, but uh, stay inside, he's down closing stages, two out of two for this exciting Colt. Vanello hit the line very hard. He, he was very dominant first up as well. But he made a good improvement to his second start, and mm. McDonald rode him and, and and got off. And his post-race comments to the press was, yeah, the horse feels like a freak, you know. Right. And and uh, so we we went in there and we offered them a, a lump of money, 
uh, it was not a, it was not a stakes winner at this stage, yes. but he so he, had he never won another race. And does or, Daniel contact you? You say, "Hey, I might have one." I, I talk to Daniel multiple times yeah. a week, if not you know, all every day or yeah. twice a week. Where we we were in contact all the time, bouncing off each other, and and um, and yeah, which 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 was very useful actually. I asked Dominic Byrne. I said, "Dominic, would would he be interested in, in some years ago in helping us?" Obviously, a great racing mind I, I spoke to actually I spoke to to two or three people I spoke to before I'd even met Daniel I spoke to Dominic Byrne I spoke to Rob Waterhouse I spoke to Sean Bartholomew and 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 so I asked them all could they sort of help us get an edge on form and and that they all had a lot going on or some sort of conflict so uh, it was hard to get them to, to commit to their time but they all recommended Daniel so mm. that's how we ended up building right. a rapport with him and yeah. and um you know, the guy that could help us and he really has been a great help to us. But yeah. uh, that horse then, we bought into him for, like, you know, it was a multi-million dollar base, but it wasn't, it, you know, it wasn't, it was, you know, we bought into him in the first instance basically on what a top price yielding might make in the market in the year, right? With a significant bonus payment if he, if he won the golden slipper. Interestingly with that horse, he was actually bred by one of my partners in Newgate, Matthew Sandblom. Mm-hmm. I then bought him as a weanling. Uh, or bought into him as a weaning with Matthew at a valuation of sixty thousand uh, dollars. Liked him very much as a weanling. Then we took him to the yearling sales. We sold him to the Freemans for two hundred thousand, yeah. and then we ended up buying him <laughs> back after all the bonus payments had been paid for, for for tens of millions. So yeah. so, so so that that's how horse training the works. Game. Sometimes the great game. But I will tell you one thing is you've got to yeah you've got to you know obviously you could say it was an error of judgment selling him for two hundred thousand dollars, but we bought him back for for. for a huge multiple of that, but one is again we're you know we raising good horses at Newgate is something we've been just so focused on. Yeah. It's been uh, it's been another contributor to the success of our business. I've got no doubts. Um, as important as anything is ha- the focus that our team has on on raising horses naturally and raising horses to 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 be strong, tough competitors. Um, so I'm, you know, grateful that we sold him, and we sold a golden slipper that was raised on the farm, mm. and and also you, you got to, you know, you you've got to say, well, your next decision, your, your last decision shouldn't shouldn't be the, the full base of what you make for your next decision. You should analyze everything on a on a on a, on a base by base, a merit by merit situation. And in that case, we felt the horse was the best two year old in Sydney of his year, and we did it after he'd won two starts, uh, two city races, and and he was very dominant in the golden slipper. Uh, he. He was then champion two-year-old. He came back and he had a he had a hoof injury, which which really set him back through the spring. And mm. um, we just thought, maybe, you know, well, to be fair, to, to be fair to our ownership group, they're ballers to race horses on. They're very good at racing horses on. I think, you know, they're racing people first mm. and foremost. And horses like Artorias, who could have gone to start last year, mm. or Wild Rule, or even Russian Revolution. We raced race a lot of horses on his four-year-olds, but this horse, he was so valuable. Yeah. He had a hoof issue, and we thought it made more sense to retire him to start rather than race him on. And and hopefully the next gen. I'm very confident that horse will 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 be a very important to stay into the farm. Um, and he covered an amazing first book of mares. Fifty percent of the mares he covered in his first year were were stakes quality mares. Yeah, fifty percent. So. Because you need that that one horse, the the Dane Hill or the Fastnet Rock or the Redoute's Choice, to you know to really get you guys to that elite level. Yeah, and uh, we, that's right. I mean, we're so lucky to have extreme choice. Obviously, mm. his fertility issues prohibit that to a degree. And he could he could be the Redoute's Choice uh, or the Fastnet, but you're always going to have the fertility issues with cor- him, aren't you? Correct. I, I would say based on the data that we've got now, he, he is that horse. He's yeah. he's 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 that level of a horse. And is there any reason why he'll his fertility will continue to be an issue and he'll lose his fertility even more? Or? No, no, I think from all from all from all scientific information we've gotten from the research and, and a lot of people say oh can't you get him getting can you get more and more mares in fold to him and i mm. i say well i can show you at two hundred fifty thousand dollars of pregnancy we're doing a, everything, <laughs> everything we possibly can we've flown people from all corners of the yeah. world but from all the information we've got it, that's kind of what he's going to be mm. he's going to be a horse that has a small fold crop mm-hmm. but but he really is for us uh, you know we've got uh, Amazing group of weanlings by him on the farm. We've got sons of his at stud now and stay inside. Tiger Malay horse like Don Corleone coming through. Um, so so he's going to be. He really is that horse to us. Yeah. He, he, extreme choice is that 
is that yeah, in our mind uh, how good he is uh, is is that horse to us and 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 you know we'll just try and maximise as best we can with the small foal crop he has. And stay inside. How was his fertility? Very very good. Yeah. Excellent. So is Tiger Malays. Yes. Both of them have great libido, great fertility. And uh, so thankfully it hasn't, hasn't passed through to them. Uh, uh, so, yeah, we, we're really to – have, to, have to have a champion two-year-old by extreme choice, that was a golden slipper winner. Again, great pedigree, great acceleration, great – all the things we look for. Uh, you know, he's going to be a very important horse to us stay inside, I've got no doubt, and hopefully he can – he can he can have some sort of if he's half as good as his old man and and, mm. and, and has and has good good libido and fertility will be in a great position. And so his horses will be sold not until at the yearlings. His first crop will be at the yearlings house next year. His first foals will be born this spring and then they'll be sold. Right. So year, hasn't got hasn't even got any on the ground yet. No, his no. first yes. fir, they're pregnant pregnancy. Right. So he's got a way to go until he's at the yearlings house. Correct. Yeah, it'll, yeah. It'll be January January yes. eighteen months essentially. So. Uh, yeah, so but we're very it's excited. It's a long investment it. game, isn't it? It's, it is. Your money's tied up for a long time. Your money's yeah. tied up for a long time, it is. But but equally, uh, a good stay in the returns, uh, yeah. yeah, they're phenomenal. I mean, you look at the Mitchell brothers that have Yarraman Park, great characters of the game, straight shooters, well-respected guys that worked very hard for a long time, uh, always had a couple of stay-ins and not not many of them much good, but they just kept batting away, batting away. Mm. Uh, they pop iron the Mincible out, mm. and they own half of that horse. And uh, you know the the um, you know the, the the wealth they've created is unbelievable. Yeah. And 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 you know one thing I love about our industry is you see these guys when those particular guys as an example, and 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 everybody cheers for them. And and what people probably don't realise about our industry, it's a, obviously a, an industry of a lot of egos and a lot of. Uh, money and a lot of mm. risk etc but uh, it's amazing how well we all work together and mm. pull together and 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 people don't realize how well the leading stud farms do work in conjunction with each other to try sure. and create a betterment of the industry yeah and are you do you think that from your point of view you obviously have a huge business you have a huge wage bill every week are you happy with where the industry is at and do you feel like you can make a quit at it yeah i mean Listen, we started with essentially nothing in 2010, and we built a big business. So, so we've we've well, over the period we've 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 created something both economically, but more importantly, something we're very proud of: mm. uh, a business, a brand, um, the integrity of what we're aiming to achieve. I think is 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 really important, and 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 uh, I think there's where where we've been so lucky. Like I can tell you from. From from my personal point of view, uh, what Race in South Wales have done to mm. increase prize money mm -hmm. and drive our industry, particularly in this state, which has created a, a flow and effect across all states in Australia, and 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 you know a race like the Quokka, for example, in Perth, which, mm. by the way, fair credit to, to the guys in Western Australia. Uh, I was actually at a, at, at, a, at a Bucks party when that race was being run, and. A lot of the guys at the Bucks party were non-racing guys, and mm. uh, every single person had their phone out watching the race. They probably all backed Amelia's jewel. They probably did, <laughs> but uh, irrespective of that, it's uh, it's it's wonderful to see yeah. that a race that can generate interest from 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 even you know moderate racing people or, or, or you know not not day to day racing people. And this is what I think's been created in Australian racing where. It's not perfect. It's not perfect, mm. but 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 what what to be fair to to, to Peter Valandis and Racing Jeff Wales, they've 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 really driven our industry ahead. And from a macro point of view, you know, we've been a benefactor of that. Our businesses, our businesses, essentially been in parallel with the growth of yeah. The growth of our business has been in parallel with the growth of of, of prize money, and 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 the robustness of the economics of of uh, you know of of of, of how the, the industry developed from a macro perspective in the last decade and and you know, we're very grateful for that and and mm. and grateful for what the health of of Australian racing there are issues there's no question i mean i'd i mean i'd love to see for example you know the patent committee fixed up and sorted out i think it's currently being used as a political hot potato but yeah. but and these are issues that should be fixed and uh, but overall 
I can tell you, I spend a lot of time in different countries and you know, we have bloodstock all around the world uh, uh, in some capacity or another, uh, especially with our, with, with our time with SF Bloodstock, or Gavin Murphy. And you wouldn't want to have – there's no country you could be better invested mm. in than Australia uh, as far as as far as far building a business or having – Even better than Japan? Japan racing seems really strong. Japan racing is excellent and, 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 and what the Yoshidas have done there is just phenomenal. Like it's just uh, – They've created the main amazing thing with that. They've almost created something out of nothing and developed. So just I heard an astounding thing about the Yoshidas. I know very little about them, but I heard that they'll only buy Group One mares, like if or they'll only breed with Group One mares. And I heard they had something like a thousand Group One mares. Well, that's yeah. Within what you're saying is is not uh, is not totally wrong. That they for they they go onto the market and they buy. They aim to buy uh, in the last twenty five years. Every top class group one winner that goes on the market, they go to a certain price point. Like we obviously, part of our business at Newgate, we've consigned a lot of top broodmare, top race fillies this year in our, in our sales business. Fillies like Montefilia and Sunshine in Paris and Ice Bath and Forbidden Love. And the Japanese, whilst they didn't buy any of those, they bid on nearly all of them. Wow. So, so I mean, they're incredibly calculated and, that, and they're very good operators. Yeah. Probably as good as – I would say they're probably the, as good as there is. Uh, they're yeah. very, very good between – uh, what the Yoshidas have built in Japan and probably what John Magnus has built in, in Coolmore on Island. Uh, these are people that started with nothing and a, yeah. and a great inspiration. Not to start with nothing, but they started yeah. on a very low base mm. and, and a great inspiration to, 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 to study how they've developed uh, with the Japanese. It's, it's a little bit of a closed shop. So, so in Australia, anybody can come in here, invest, be part of our market where it's much more difficult in Japan mm. but the economics of what they've achieved in Japan uh, phenomenal and, and and if you look at if you look at what they've done I mean the Japanese take horses all around the world now and they can win any race anywhere yeah. basically and that comes down to two things the genetics they've invested in over mm. 20 30 years and 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 also the infrastructure they've put in the training facilities and the money mm. they've spent on on, on world-leading infrastructure is amazing. In fact, it's one of those places if you if you want to learn about racing, go and spend some time in Japan mm. because have you spent time there? Well, I've been there a couple of times, yeah. and I wish I could go back more because we have no investment there, so I have no purpose other than just on reconnaissance missions to learn. But but uh, it's really phenomenal what those guys have built, and and it's interesting because if you look at uh, if you look at what Yulong are doing now, um, yeah, they're going in and buying all the, yeah. the best mares and 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 that'll hold them in incredible strength in a decade to come. Uh, probably not dissimilar to, to what Coolmore have done in the last 20 years and what, what Chad I have done or the Yishidas have done, you know, building up the, 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 the best genetics. Mm. And um, to finish off, so you talked about starting with nothing. So you started Newgate around 2010. Yes. You would have been in your late 20s. Yes. Yep. So did you basically start with nothing? Like did you have any family money or anything? Because, you know, it's a, you've got a multi, multi-million dollar yep. business now. But how did you, you know, I'm sure you don't have to uh, divulge no, too that's fine. much. No, but how did no, you, no. How do you go? So did you basically start with nothing? Start with nothing. So how do you go from nothing to something? Because a lot of people watching this, young people, yep. that you know, they want – career success and whatnot yeah. and what did you do to pull it all together? So, yeah, I'm in my late 30s now and I started Newgate in my sort of mid-20s mid or the uh, – well, I was lucky enough I finished school and I worked for Gay Waterhouse mm -hmm. and I worked for – actually worked for Gay and I worked, but I worked with Tom Waterhouse as well. So, so which is which is very interesting. I worked uh, very closely with them, uh, Gay on the racing side and then just, just literally learning the trade of horses mm. and horsemanship and, and – how the racing industry worked, and I, I grew up riding horses, and I grew up. To be fair, I grew up uh, with working the gay all the way through. Was school. Is your parents in racing? Uh, no, they're not my parents wow. in racing. But I always loved horses, loved ponies, yeah. and that was my interest. My, my, so you found my, racing on your own? Well, my grandfather owned some mares, yep. and my great grandfather was a, was a fairly prominent breeder. Mm -hmm. um, I'd never met my great grandfather, but my grandfather always had some mares, and. And my dad, my dad, many years ago, had a couple of broodmares and raced a few horses, and but but when I got into the game, um, essentially, 
I, I worked for Gay, which was a great education. I then the most lucky break of my career, I got put on the Godolphin Flying Start course, which mm. was a two-year training course uh, um, that Sheikh Mohammed's put on and run by Godolphin, who uh, personnel-wise are phenomenal. They've got mm. as good of people around the world as you'd, you'd ever come across. And we learned, I learned so much off, off as a full scholarship program. And yeah. it still happens every year. Yeah. Anybody that's interested in bloodstock and, and the racing industry that's young should really look into this course because it, it was a game changer for me. And on completing that course, I was picked up by Coolmore mm-hmm. in a sort of a um, uh, um, sort of junior manager type role, sales type role, um, and spent five years working for Coolmore, who have been the preeminent stay in operation in the world in mm. the last you know, 20, 30 years. And I learned a lot off them. And when I was probably 26, I thought uh, an opportunity to lease a farm. Yeah. And and so I'd been buying and selling horses during my time at Cool Moor, which created yep. a small amount of capital for me. Yep. I'd also built a close relationship with a, with a guy called Matthew Sandblom, who's one of the leading entrepreneurial, uh, leading educational entrepreneurs in Australia, uh, founder of Mathletics and Breeding Eggs and a bunch of companies. And when I f- left Cool Moor, he essentially said, "Right, you find the deals, I'll bank the deals, and we'll sort of split the profit." And that that and, yep. and so he was an instrumental guy in in in, in Helping me write, get a bank uh, yes. a bank rolling to, yes. to to buy and sell successfully, yes. uh, in conjunction with Matthew, uh, very very bright guy Aussie guy called Gavin Murphy who who was one of the main guys in the Soros Fund in America uh, who'd gone to America and been very successful. I built a relationship with him mm-hmm. uh, who who was investing. It does invest in probably as or investors there's in blood anywhere in the world under mm. the radar very smart guy uh, and probably the third coup was dr edmund bateman and belinda bateman had their mares on newgate managed by my bro- my now brother-in-law james harron and so it all came together when fox wedge came along mm. one of group one and edmund bateman gave us the opportunity to syndicate him amongst uh, breeders we had no we had no stadium we had nothing we had a leased farm so we built basically a plywood stable for him it was a ten million dollar deal, and I was amazed uh, how the market backed us and supported us to buy the stay in. And and uh, in that period of time, we essentially syndicated the stay in. An amazing property came up in in what is now Newgate, which mm. is between Godolphin and Sedgenhoe and the Hunter Valley, and <clears throat> managed to with in conjunction with Gavin and Matthew, we set up a consortium mm. to buy that property, and 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 we've. That was in 2013, mm. so 10 years ago, and we haven't looked back since. Between us, we've we've worked hard and and uh, and just simply no different to, to, to I suppose gambling. We just try and make more good decisions and bad decisions. We try to yeah. you know deal after deal after deal and deal after deal and just try. More of them are better than worse. Exactly, yeah. and and anyone that goes into this game thinking they're gonna you know get rich or they're gonna you know. Earn two hundred percent in their investment. They're, they're kidding themselves. If yeah. you want to, if you want to play the bloodstock game commercially, you've got to just make consistent investments that make good sense. Be involved with the right people. Uh, study hard, work hard. Uh, you know, as I said before, be an addict or, or, or yeah. have that passion to be always looking at the markets and 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 following racing, following the bloodstock markets inside out. And and if you can, you know, our goal is just to make you know constant positive returns. Probably a bit like, but when when you're gambling or or, 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 or people that that are, that, are, that are betting on horses do just they're trying to get t- taking the risk, but 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 just trying to hedge where we can, mm. make good decisions. Uh, most importantly, work with the best people, both personnel that work at Newgate, but also people we partner with and people that we we can you know we retain to con- have consulting for us. And to me, that's probably been the success of, of what we've what we've built so it's it's been it's been very interesting and and you know it's a I feel a journey just beginning yeah do you pretty much work seven days a week do you just yeah i mean we're always, like listen to all of us we're you know it's, we're always ticking over aren't we you know yeah. and, and and it's always you know the the um yeah our team our team probably gets sick of my my, my whatsapps at all hours of the day and emails all of the day but we've got a great team of worked incredibly hard to yeah. and this has probably been uh, the, the most important thing i've worked incredibly hard recruiting you 
know, our top five people at Newgate, mm. I'm telling you, they are, mm-hmm. whether it's marketing, stud management, mm. veterinary, accounts, bloodstock, sales, yeah, research. We, we've worked so hard to get the best the best yeah. in the market. And, and I think when you've got a young business that's thriving and growing and it's exciting, mm. it does it's, – it's a big help when you're trying to recruit the best and yeah. smartest in, in, in game, you know. And have you always had a desire – you know, when you're growing up, that you were going to make it, you were going to be a player in the racing game. Has that always been? Yeah, I've known, I've known you. I've known you half my life. Yeah, I've and I've watched. From, I've watched you yeah. sort of. You know, even like I first met you at the sales when you were with Gay and yeah. working for Coolmore and stuff. And yeah. I could, you know, I looked at you then, and I was like, he, you know, he, he looks like the kind of guy who totally wants to make it. And like myself, like I started working at the track when I was 18, 19, yeah, I know. and I like was like, I looked at all the, you know, the big figures in the yeah. ring there, and I was like. I want to. I want to make yep. it. I want to make it in this game for sure. Uh, I think we've. I've definitely had that that drive mm. and 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 that drive and that ambition to to succeed. And, and it is interesting because you know you're a couple of years older than me. But we're pretty similar age, and you know, in all facets of the business, it's been cool seeing mm. in the last in the last twenty years seeing people, you know, be it an Adrian Bot training or be it a even a Chris Waller or being, you know, you guys and uh, yourself and Kingsley and the team on the on the wagering side of mm. things or, or or seeing different administrators succeed. You know, seeing people in our age bracket and I think that's a great thing. When you have people in, you know, they're, they're sort of late 30s, early 40s that you know, that, that are, are passionate to keep the business driving and getting better and, and innovating, uh, I think it's one of the great advantages our Australian uh, racing industry has we've got so many good young people mm. um that are that are driving to to succeed and, and make the, the business better and i think that's going to hold us in great stead for, for you know for, for many decades to come or the industry in great stead for many decades to come mm. um well thank you fascinating story really appreciate you coming in I th- i've heard you say that you feel like the job's half done um and uh i'm sure that you will get the job fully done this is going to drop next tuesday night just before royal ascot starts so i think a lot of people enjoy watching it and then after they finish watching this they can watch cannonball and um cooling out a run in the king stand and then um even more importantly watch artorias run on the saturday in the platinum jubilee so i appreciate you having me in and and love the work you do it's it's uh it's a podcast that i tune into uh every time there's, there's a new new pot out and I really enjoy enjoy the work you do, so keep it up. Thank you very much, mate. Good Cheers luck. Rich. Good, Good cheering you. for you. Cheers, well done. Mate.